Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. This is the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, everyone. It is August, everyone, or as you normies like to call it, the month without hockey. I completely botched that. Um, or as we just call it, August. It is a Monday, August 1st. And I know in the title here, it says, you know, we will have a interview with Zach Fukali here coming up here in just a moment. But, um, you know, let me be honest with everyone here. Well, I typically am honest with all of you. But um, I'll admit it. This was a week where I was going to kind of, you know, schlep it. A little bit you know this is Ida Zach Kali interview gracious enough for some time put up the intro do all that call it a day but um you know the hockey verse sometimes just doesn't want you to do that because this month of August we are going to be a little light on the content it's going to be very interview heavy you know Zach Fukali we have on I am reaching out to other people we're going to flush out the rest of the game overs out of our system and uh Hopefully that'll get us right on through till about Labor Day weekend where we can start looking ahead to training camps. However, sometimes the hockey gods just go, nope, nope, nope. You're going to actually have to work this week. Oh, boy. So, um, Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday morning, you know, my, my lovely fiance, she's getting ready to do some stuff. And I looked down on my phone. Oh, Scott Allen got promoted to the associate coach, assistant coach of the Washington Capitals. Oh, good for him. Hope he doesn't go up there and get a honey eye or something. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Scott Allen? He got promoted to the big boy club? Yes. Yes, he did. It was announced earlier last week that Scott Allen is indeed going up to Washington, D.C. to become an assistant coach under Peter Laviolette for the Washington Capitals there in the red, white, and blue. So, uh, Scotty, <laughs> I, uh, you might want to start looking up their apartments there in, uh, in D.C. So, um, joking aside, this was, this was a blindside. There was no clue that Allen had any, you know, was in any candidacy for a coaching gig up there in D.C. And the Bears, you know, they still need a little bit of coaches themselves. And um, to see him go, uh, I am very excited to be moving up to uh, to Washington, D.C. 
I am uh, very excited to be working checks. Now it's the Washington Capitals. I will. I am eager to join this squad of coaches. Vote Quimby. Love you, Scott Allen. Wish I do that as an affectionate term. I wish I could have told him in, in Hershey myself those words. I can speak. Um, so, uh, yeah, Scott Allen is indeed moving on to Washington, D.C. as an assistant coach. And the Bears are now looking for their 28th head coach in their team history. Um, good luck to him. I know I gave Allen a wrath of stuff in, uh, in April. I think it was well-deserved, and I will not back down from it because of a coach that is supposed to be defensive-minded. This was a team that blew, you know, eight leads or ties in the third period in the month of April. Coach them up. There seemed to be a lack of adjustment sometimes. And while, yes, I mostly gave them a pass due to injuries and COVID and injuries and call-ups, I don't feel like the man deserved a lot of the wrath that he got from Bears fans. That Bears fans at times, and hockey fans and sports fans in general, we go after the coach. We do. Well, it's not the player's fault. It's the coach's fault. Didn't you just say coach him up? Yes. Yes. But in years past, if the season starts going pear-shaped, I mean, really starts going bad, the first person Bears typically look at is goalie. No, no. It's typically the head coach. And I say this as a Troy man stan. I say that because I thought the majority of the criticism that man got during the year from hell of 17-18. Was it 17-18? Yes, 17-18 was undeserved. Because of the bad hand that was dealt to him. And he even accepted that at one point. Um, and so I defended the guy. I honestly did. Until he ended up leaving and going to the Belleville Senators where he still resides. Scott Allen had injuries and the remnants of COVID to deal with. And call-ups. This was, We were a MASH unit, everyone. And I've said this on the show. I expected Hawkeye to come out from the locker room besides Beaker go, going, you know, I don't know if this is a locker room or, or a morgue. Switches to serious. When will the hurting ever end? That's a, that's a Futurama reference and a MASH reference for all you that are old enough. But that's what I thought, you know, with, with, with Alan. And the only time I felt like this criticism was deserved was again at the end of the season. Did I put him in for LVP, the Jill Kanata Razzie? Yeah. That could have been error of recency bias. Oh, what's error? Error of recency is a term coined by Mr. X from the Steve Zabin show and Zabcast of a philosophy that us humans and sports fans tend to believe the last thing that we saw that gets embedded into our brains. And the last thing we saw in our season was a month flame out by the Bears. Thus, we blame the coach. Thus, Scott Allen got a lot of blame, which I thought was unnecessary, you know, from a lot of Bears fans. And truth be told, you know, once the announcement was made, 95% of it was, 
Good luck to you, Coach. Good luck. Congratulations. Move on. One person in the comments. Good riddance to bad rubbish. <laughs> in the words of Zazu, there's one in every family, Saya. Two in mine, actually. So, Alan, good luck to you, buddy boy. Have fun there in D.C. By the way, there is a lovely little burger place about a couple of blocks up near the convention center. They have lovely burgers and spiked milkshakes. Just saying, if you're in the mood. So now the question is, whom, mind you, whom is on deck to be the next Bears head coach? A lot of Bears fans have said uh, Patrick Weller should get a chance. I am for this big, baldy, beefy boy there on the head, there on the bench. And you know, you Bears fans know, Weller ain't going to put up with no sugar, honey, and iced tea. That man will close doors and sacrifice a chicken to get that team in line. <laughs> Why do I want that to happen now? Anyway, um, Ryan Blair, former, um, former um, South Carolina Stingrays head coach, could be a candidate. You know, bring a guy up. Um, why not bring up from South Carolina? Because, well, they just hired a guy back in April. So um, I don't think the chicken is ready to come out of the oven, per se. But, um, yeah, Scott Allen moving on, and we shall spend the summer going out and looking for a new head coach. And, of course, when we get a new one, we will bring, we will talk about it here on the podcast. But enough about head coaching talk. It is time to get to the interview with Zach Fucali, who was gracious enough to give me time out of his busy day being a dad and training for the next season. You're listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. So this time of year is when, you know, us as um, hockey fans, we're starving for any content. Clickbait articles of top tens, future draft projections. How does your team look heading into the upcoming seasons? And, well, during this time, I decided a few weeks ago that I was going to call my shot out on Twitter. I was going to see whom, mind you, whom could I get on this podcast. And um, lo and behold, I put out the, uh, the bat signal and a certain goaltender answered. And I am very excited that, that he responded and sh said, sure, let's do this. And much like many other online um, online discussions, we DM'd each other, we had fun, we swapped numbers, and now here we go. Joining me is a man who's donned the pipes there in Hershey and also in Quebec, Canada. He is your goaltender, number one goaltender in your hearts and minds, and um, <laughs> it's a certain goaltender that uh, a host of this show um, might have said a few things about last February. Ladies and gentlemen, the first active Hershey Bears player to come on the Grit and Barrett podcast, Zach Fucali, your goaltender, joins us here on the show. Zach, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Welcome, Richard. To the I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you for inviting me. It's a little, um, little, uh, little time out of the day. It's, uh, it's no problem, and uh, have a little chat. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much again for coming on. I know I've said that to you a couple of times al already. So, um, all right. So let, let, let's get into this. Um, last season, 
as we all know, the second half of the season for the Bears was very, very rough, especially for the uh, the forwards as injuries um, kept getting kept getting in the way of a lot of things with this team. Um, I know you went through some things uh, last winter. If I'm correct, you became a papa back in February. Is that correct? That's right. Yep, early February. Yep. Um, so, um, how was it for you? And we'll get to the one one part here in a minute, but um, was it frustrating for you that, that um, as good as performances you were putting in, you just didn't have a lot of offensive support in, in, in front of you? Like what's a goalie's mind, mindset going through something like that? Um, so when, when sometimes the, the, we call it like kind of like run support, you know, in baseball, you know, like uh, if a pitcher is throwing and then you don't get run support, it's tough to win games, but, that's just part of, of the team game that we, we play. You know, it's just the reality. Some, some nights the, the offense is going to be really hot and, you know, it's going to score four five, six goals. Sometimes, you know, it happens. Um, and uh, sometimes you win six, five, but for us, for a little time, uh, we had a little bit of, of, of a trouble getting that run support consistently because uh, there were a lot of guys that were up in the NHL. So that's, that's kind of like, when you're in the AHL, there's there's some positives and negatives of like call ups and everything like that because you see, last year there were so many guys got great opportunities. A lot of the guys did really well up in Washington, so like you're happy to see it. But then after that, it kind of hurts uh, on the other end. So it's some 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 pros and cons there. So yeah, we did have some time where it was harder to score some goals, but uh, um, for us as a goaltender, the mindset can't change because at the end of the day, you 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 can't you can't add too many things on your plate. You know, the, the job, uh, oops, my dog over there. She's not happy. She's inside. Um, <laughs> but, um, the, the, the job stays the same, right? Like you can't add too many things on your plate because at the end of the day, you can't, um, focus on much more than, than your job, you know, on the team. If, if I'm focusing more on, Oh, we're not scoring goals. We're not scoring goals. Well, that's literally taking away focus from my job. And that, that may hurt uh, uh, the team down the road. It's, it's good for me. It's good for, for every goaltender in the world. Right. So you have to make sure you stay focused, whether you, you, you do get two, three, four, five goals uh, support. And, um, and you got to make sure you're, you're, you're ready to deliver whenever some days it's one or two goals or three goals. Sometimes, you know, it's uh, a little less scoring uh, these last few years. Um, so you just have to stay focused no matter really what happens with the offense and um, give the best chance possible to, to, to win the hockey games down the road. Of course. And it's, it's the old adage. I mean, we blame, we as fans, we, we blame goaltenders, but the, the adage is, well, the goalies can't, can't score goals. Like you said, <laughs> it, it's, it's the one part of, of a minute of the many parts of, of the team as well. So, um, you know, so, you know, like we said earlier, you became a, a proud Papa over the winter. Um, um, how, how was it trying to balance mentally becoming a dad and yet still staying focused on like the hockey, like was, was getting closer to it always in like the back of your mind. And if I remember correctly, you were, and if I may ask, were you on the road when, when, when uh, the child was born? My my uh, my boy Tail, his name is Tail, and um, so 
That's a, that's a good question. So last February started, it was rough. You know, it was tough because in February and March, we were basically on the road those two months, basically the months, whole time. Yes. If you look back at the <laughs> yeah, schedule, it was pretty like, much. It was really, really hard um, to balance all that. But I have to give credit uh, to uh, to my wife and my family. My, my, my parents came down. Her parents came down on the weekends. My sisters came down as well. So, like, we had some support, but it was tough for me since when I was back uh, in Hershey, you, you kind of like have to balance, you know, you have to sleep. You have to balance for performance as well because at the end of the day, uh, performance is the most important thing. So, uh, I'm trying to help out at home, but at the end of the day, I have to say, babe, I'm sorry. I have to get some sleep, you know. So, <laughs> all these things you're trying to balance. And on top of that, I was trying to work through a couple things in my own game personally. So, there were there were a lot of challenges there, uh, February and March, for me. But uh, thankfully, we had a lot of support there from family. Uh, I don't think uh, actually. All I can say is we did our absolute best <laughs> in those <laughs> times, right? And that's all you can do. Um, but yeah, we weren't on the road when it happened. Uh, it was the little uh, three four day break uh, we had uh, for like the the, the projected All Star uh, game. Okay. Uh, that didn't happen, but the timing could not have been better. Uh, we we had a few days there off. Uh, the whole team did. So uh, I was in the hospital with uh, with Kareen and uh, and my little boy Tail. And Tail, as in T A I L T E O T E O Tail. Okay, Tail. Okay, Tail. I I was here. I was hearing Tail on my end. I'm like. Like okay, I'm not gonna judge. Uh, what somebody <laughs> named, named their kid. I'm sorry, it's the French accent there. I'm no. sorry, brother. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, you know, I've we in in these days where everybody posts about their uh, kids all the time, you see all sorts of names out there, and you're like, okay, whatever me- meaning behind it. Just smile and nod. Just smile. smile yes, yeah, smile and nod, <laughs> and eventually the people will stop talking. So um, let, let's go back in your career a little bit. Uh, you were you were drafted by uh, the Canadians, Les Inhabitants, am I right? That's right. Yep. All right. So what what was it like coming up through the Inhabitants organization, and uh, you were um, sort of behind the uh, the not necessarily, but sort of the successor to Carey Price a little bit. You were. I think, were you the 1B up there in Montreal for a while? And what was it like to be up there and um, in, in Bell Place to actually, did you ever start uh, in there? No, I never played uh, with the Canadians. I backed up uh, mm. a handful of games, seven, eight, uh, seven, eight games, I believe, uh, as a backup. But I never played uh, other than some preseason games over the years. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, honestly... Um, Growing up, I was big uh, Canadians fans. I used to go all the time with my 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 family, my sister, my dad. We would always go to uh, the Bell Center and watch games all the time. So for me, naturally, I was I was a house fan growing up. And um, then mm-hmm. when when you get drafted at uh, 17, 18 years old, it's just it was an absolute dream for me, for my whole family, my cousins. You know, everybody. It was just a whole dream. And my, my time in the organization, the, 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 the four or five years I was a part of it, honestly, it was, it did feel like a privilege to be a part of it, even though I didn't uh, have uh, the NHL games uh, experience. Um, 
you know, I was part of the Montreal Canadiens, the team I grew up uh, cheering for. And I, I, I got the chance to live all types of situations, some good, some bad, some, some, some really bad stuff that, you know, that happened uh, in, in, in my life in, in those years. Uh, so it was, um, it was very much a learning experience. I was very young in my career. So um, you have to take those in stride. And, and, and I had a lot of good learning experiences that led into uh, the next few contracts I, I had uh, in, in the career. But, you know, I'm grateful for my time in Montreal, even though, well, Montreal, Laval, St. John's, the, the minors, basically. Yeah. Even though um, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for me, it was, I did have some tough times. But, uh, you know, it led me to learn about myself, learn, led me to, uh, develop certain parts of my games I needed to really, really focus on. And now I'm, I'm better for that. I'm much, much better as a person, as a goaltender, uh, just all around because of those experiences, the, the, the tougher times I had down there. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And for all the Bears fans that are listening, I look checking things here on uh, Hockey DB. Um, you you have been around the uh, the uh, the minors. Um, like I said, you were St. John's, Brampton in the ECHL, Laval, Brampton again, and then um, went to the Orlando Solar Bears for a spell down there in in Orlando for about a good healthy chunk, and then spent a little bit with Syracuse before you uh, you came to Hershey. Um, what was it like, um, proverbially, uh, town hopping for lack of better words, um, yep. because your career has taken you like all over, all over like the Eastern U S and a good chunk of Eastern Canada too. Yep. Like, like yep. what's it like for, to say, all right, dear, don't buy any furniture. We're not going to need it. <laughs> That's funny. It's funny how you put that, but, uh, you know, it's, it was a challenge. Definitely was a challenge, but. I've always been that way where uh, I just try and try and roll with whatever happens. Um, and if you're a young player coming out, uh, playing in the East Coast, uh, playing in the AHL, kind of up and down and about like I was, um, you have to be able to be adaptable that way uh, or else you're going to be miserable. You're going to have a tough time mentally uh, like I did. I, I had some, some moments where I was like, what the hell am I doing? You know, but, that's part of my process, part of, of, of what goes on in a lot of these, the, the, the pro hockey players and actually pro sports in general is part of it. You know, sometimes um, uh, it didn't work out in the organizations that I were in and uh, that I was in. And, and I, I played on a bunch of teams, but that's kind of what led uh, me to, 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 to dig deep 
and uh, find some 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 uh, consistency in my game over all those different teams I played for. You know, you if you add in a, a few of the Spangler Cups I played in, I had to go to Switzerland mid-season. Uh, you know, uh, all all types of things like that. Um, the end of the Orlando uh, Solar Bears year where I played in Orlando, I even went for a couple weeks in in, in Germany. So it, it was like. A lot. It was a lot in the last few years. And um, all I can say about that, it was just great learning experiences, great life experience as well, because now I feel I'm better because of all those things. Uh, but uh, it wasn't definitely uh, not all sunshine and rainbows. There were some some ups and downs along the road for sure. <laughs> and um, we on the show here were big stands for, um, you know, for for uh for mental health as well. And you said you had some low points. Um, was there ever a point like where you thought like, you know, what am I doing? Like, why, like, why am I, I, I don't want to slander like Orlando, but like, or like Brampton or be like, what am I doing? Why, why am I stuck down here when I'm, and I'm seeing guys who make it, who are stalwarts, um, of an organization, let's say like a, a Vasilevsky, for example, a guy who spends two years in Syracuse and then is a pillar and a rock for for uh, for Tampa, or a guy like Jonathan Quick who comes up through Manchester and mans the pipes in L.A. for ten years. Um, did you ever wonder, like, you know, when's when's like my time going to come? You know, when am I going to be like a one 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 or two guys? Hundred percent, hundred percent. There were definitely some times where I was questioning myself. But let me just, before I answer fully, uh, let me start off by saying, you mentioned Vasilevsky and Jonathan Quick. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Just a little reminder, Richard, there's 30, there's 30 starters in the NHL, in the whole world. Correct. There's 30 starters in the whole world, and there's about, <laughs> there's thousands of goaltenders that are really have the talent uh, to play in the NHL. So the competition is absolutely how can I say like ferocious it's it's oh yeah the competition is, is it's really insane over the whole world to be a starter in the NHL so we named Jonathan Quick and Vasilevsky but these are world-class goaltenders and I'm not yeah. saying uh I'm not comparing myself to those guys necessarily because <laughs> we're all different but what I'm saying is is that yes there were times I was questioning myself when I was in Brampton my second year pro when I was on Orlando maybe in Orlando I was questioning myself less because I've been through a lot by that time. So by the time I was in Orlando, I've been already through uh, a good number of teams, a good number of things. I was on an AHL contract. So my mindset was different. My headspace was different. I was uh, just in a different place when I was in Orlando, had a real good year there. But overall, yes, the years prior to that, uh, there were some moments where just questioning myself, What's going on? What's my direction? Uh, what are my true goals? Am I going to make it? Uh, do I want to continue that much longer? Yes, these questions went through my head. It was, it was tough, uh, Richard. It, it, it's pro hockey is is uh, it's a roller coaster, but you gotta you gotta be able to to deal with that. And uh, thankfully, I had uh, the right people that encouraged me, um, uh, and. I found it within to keep going a few more years because I feel how my situation is, is, is solid and I have a good solid opportunity uh, to continue to play uh, for a real long time. But 
Yeah, there were some moments, and you were talking about mental health. Yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't the happiest of campers uh, for a few years here and there, really battling through the minors. Um, part of it, you got to you got to continue as a human being, have a good support system. Uh, you know, show some resiliency, some 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 perseverance, some some determination a little bit, and push through some of those obstacles and. Um, that's that's what I have to say about my first few years. Uh, there's this could be a five hour podcast on that, but at the end of the day, that's that's how I'm gonna approach your question, and uh, uh, that's it, man. <laughs> no, that's that that's perfectly fine. You know, I I get it, and I guess when I was bringing up those names, I was just trying to think of guys who are who are like steady guys in the NHL for a long time, and I understand your point. Um, as as well, those were just the first two that came to my mind. And as I always call it, I, I call Jonathan Quick my bay and spirit animal out there in Los Angeles, especially um, how he played against uh, against Edmonton and Connor McJesus up there in Edmonton. But enough about the NHL. Um, so let's go to uh, to Hershey. Um, you joined the Bears during the um, the COVID shortened season of 2021, correct? Yes. All right. So um, even though there was only about 200 people there in in Giant Center and um, it was very odd times during early 2021. But yep, um, sure. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Um, but um, when you came into Hershey, like, did you like had you heard of Hershey's tradition before? you came in or did you step in and you're step in and you saw the bears and everything. You're like, wow, this, this organization takes itself very seriously. So looking, looking back, uh, looking back at my first season in the professional, uh, ranks, uh, I'm pretty sure one of my first road trips, I might be wrong by a couple weeks. Okay. But maybe one of my first road trips in the pros was in Hershey uh maybe my second or third road trip or something like that i know i was playing with st john's the st john's ice caps at the time and Mm -hmm. we came into hershey the building was completely full uh the team was was really really solid as usual Mm -hmm. and um i just remember being super impressed with the whole setup um the city uh the fans the the building all these things so when it was time to to actually come to Hershey, I did have a memory of of the game I played here. I think we lost three uh, two, but um, it was it was it was a good memory of hey, like this this city loves hockey. The rink is full. It's it's great. The COVID year I came in, the rink was not full, but the the experience was still the same. Where. Uh, the Hershey Bears organization, they do have that, uh, how can I say, they have that prestige in the AHL where everybody knows the Hershey Bears is, is, is one of the great organizations. And uh, so I was very happy to be part of it. And I'm still very happy to be part of it, uh, to be in Hershey. I absolutely love it there. And uh, it's a great place to develop as a player and a great organization. And, you and you know, um, they they trying to think back, like seeing on here, your first year with St. John's was 15, 16. And um, I think that was a year where St. John's came down uh, um, early. Um, Cause you know, when, when the bears used to play the ice caps, it was always two games right up there in Newfoundland because you know, you, you had to. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. 
Um, so, um, you know, we're now I, I forget. So it was a long season. Um, were you the starter for the teddy bear toss game or is that you mean this season, this season? Correct. This season there was, uh, I was not playing that game. You, you were not. Okay. I think it was cops or shepherd. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, you, I, you, you weren't, were, were you backing up that game? Yes, I was. Okay. So then I, I will ask this. Um, what was it like seeing that Teddy Burke toss? I mean, you know, you were there on the bench and um, AJ just snipes it right past Kincaid and it's just go or sweet cuddly mayhem, as Zach has infamously said. Um, but um, what's it like from a player's perspective seeing all those teddy bears fly, especially for a fan base that's been waiting nearly two years to do this? No, it was uh, it was cool. Uh, it was uh, one of those games that it was uh, it was fun. It was marked on the calendar by many, many, many people in uh, uh, in Hershey, uh, including uh, most of the players. Uh, so we knew that it was going to be big. We knew that uh, the the tradition is is alive and well <laughs> in Hershey. <laughs> And uh, the only the only problem was that we had to delay the game about forty five minutes. So that's yeah. uh, that's. I mean, it was it was awesome to see. It was cool. A good night, uh, but uh, made the night a little bit longer uh, overall. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like you said, it was uh, it was cool to see, and you see that the tradition is alive and well in the city. Very much so. Nearly, if not over, fifty thousand uh, stuffed animals were thrown onto the ice. And it's always a great tradition. I mean, me and the guys, uh, me and my crew, we had like over 15 garbage bags full of bears and my, my job getting in on it too. So like you said, it, it, it circled on everybody's calendar within the organization. Exactly. Um, so also, and I asked this of the announcers and I'll ask you this as well. Um, what's your favorite like road arena to a, to uh, to play at, I mean, is it is it Bell is it Le- uh, St. John's or Laval? I'm not sure if you were with them in the new building. Um, but what's an arena you enjoy going to? That's that's not Hershey. Um, there's many. Um, playing on the road is definitely an experience in itself. But Toronto's a great place to play on the road. Uh, Montreal, obviously, Laval. Uh, I mm-hmm. had the chance to play there. Uh, the first year of the Laval Rocket uh, kind of existence, I, I was I was on that team, so that's a great place to play on the road for sure, Toronto. Uh, but you know, around the league, there's some there's some great places. You know, you you go on the road to Charlotte, the weather's always nice. So you know what I mean? Like there's there's definitely a lot of buildings that are that are great to play in, and uh, I don't have a preference. Uh, playing on the road is always kind of uh, fun, depending on uh, on the schedule. <laughs> uh, uh, understood. And if I may ask uh, uh, this as well, because um, I usually, I've asked the play-by-play guys, Walton and Fish, you know, their opinions of it since they, you know, they broadcast from there as well. And I'm not sure if you have this as well, but like, which, which road arena do you like least going to? Um, and uh, why is it probably Wilkes-Barre? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I I can't say there's one that I, I, I dislike. Uh, okay. At the end of the day, it's a hockey game, uh, just in a different location. And Understood. I like to play hockey, so it doesn't matter Understood. where it is. I, uh, I like the competition, and no matter where it is, uh, I just like to be in the game, so... 
<laughs> that's that's all I can answer. There's no place that I'm going to be like, oh, we have to play a hockey game here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, no, I, I, for me, it's like, it, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't see it that way. No, I, I, uh, I, I, I understand because I guess from myself as a fan and maybe hearing announcers of it, it's a bit of a different pers- perspective as they, um, someone calling the game or actually going to it. I guess dealing with a lot more of the uh, the ambiance, you know, goal horns and fans, and you're a goalie, you're there out on the ice and and laser focused at times. Like it, it amazes me, like the moves that goaltenders do, you know, the sliding, the catching, tracking a puck, um, as well. I'm I'm amazed at, at what you guys guys do. Thanks. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and just. You know what? What is your like style of goaltending? Like, is yours more of the standard butterfly or more of like a hybrid old school style? If I may uh, ask. No, I I don't uh, I don't know. I can't really. I mean, I I feel like uh, every goaltender system is different. You know, we, there's always kind of these these processes we go through. Uh, we all have our own little steps to to making saves and our own little preferred uh, preferred kind of uh, techniques or you know way of making uh, saves. Uh, everyone's really different. So the whole splitting it into a butterfly or old school, I I can't answer that way because I feel for me, there's no, uh, there's probably somewhere in between there, right? Because it just depends on the situation. It depends on so yeah. many things. So for me, I feel like I have um, a system that works for me and I just stick to that. <laughs> no, I... That. Whatever style that is, you 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 tell me. But no. I, I just I just try and uh, stick to whatever works for me. No, I I I completely understand because the uh, the old adage I've I've heard is that goalies are wired a little differently than than other players, and um, I guess because it's the routines and stuff you go through, um, you wear more pads than we do, and and all, than other players do, and and all that. And and at least for me as a podcast host, this is a learning experience. You know, you're the first player I've had on here, and it's fun to hear things like this. This is how you learn by asking questions and, and all and all that. So, um, you know, a few more questions before we get before we get you out of here. Um, what was it like stepping into your first NHL game out there in DC? I see you you got more than a cup of coffee with the Capitals last year. You got to start a couple of games. And the organization liked what you've done. They've given you an extension. Um, you got through a lot of the goalie carousel that the Capitals went through this year. Um, so what was it like finally getting that proverbial break into the NHL and especially being it in the uh, in, in D.C. at the Capital One Arena? It was amazing. Uh, my first game in Detroit was uh, was. Absolutely, uh, an absolute dream. Um, I couldn't have wrote it better, to be honest with you. Shut out in the first game. It's uh, it's absolutely wild how it played out. Happened very, very quickly from the beginning of the season after going through uh, uh, a good start uh, with the Bears, and then uh, getting the call up to do that was 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 really amazing. Uh, it took uh, took me a while to to make it all the way uh, to to that moment. It took me seven years. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, it was an amazing experience. And like you said, it was good to get my foot in the door. And, uh, you know, now now it's up to me to continue to 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 progress, continue to push the envelope and uh, making sure I'm ready for the next opportunity. Really, that's that's the only thing that matters to me. 
Um, last year was was uh, some solid performances. There was one that was a little iffy for me up there, but at the end of the day, it was another one of those learning experiences, and I just have to take that with me and and make sure I'm ready for the next time I get that shot to 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 be, to be in between the pipes. So um, that's it, it. Was really a great great experience, and now it's it's just about being ready for the next time, uh, the next game. Now, me being a uh, a hockey jersey nerd that that I am, did you you got a shutout in your first game? I think you're both both your games were on the road, Detroit and Columbus. If I'm trying to remember, I didn't that. play in Columbus, but okay. I, I I was backing up the, the very next night. Yep. Did you did you get to keep the jersey? Uh, we are uh, we are entitled to keep our first game's jersey. Yes. I don't have it with me right now, but that will be uh, sent, uh, I think, over time. I think Brock's got a lot on his plate. There were a lot of players that played their first games last year, so he's got a lot on his plate. I'm not going to rush it. Uh, it's it's all good. No, I... Uh, Eventually, I, it'll come. <laughs> no, I uh, I understand. Being someone in the game-worn community that I am, I was actually at the May Gray Expo a couple weeks ago, and um, when players have, like, their first, you know, first start, in your case, first shutout... That's typically ones that get framed and mounted on their home as well. And, um, you know, I'd imagine, you know, for such a big moment for you that that's obviously going to be one in your in your collection as well as it should be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My helmet, my helmet, jersey, stick. Amazing. uh, For sure. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Well, you know, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the Grit and Barrett podcast as as well. You know, glad to see you're getting some good extended time in with the Capitals organization, not just the Bears, but, you know, you know, you're you're most likely the number one here, the next man up, as the kids like to say and the sports like to say, if anything happens with with D.C. as well. And, you know, as you said, you know, you've built you've built a body of work that's earned this. I and I'm saying this as a fan, it's genuinely earned and it's, you know, we hope the best for you to continue your, you know, hopefully getting a solid NHL gig or if nothing else, being a number one here in Hershey. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on the show and asking the questions and uh, I'll see you soon during the season. A uh, A couple more weeks of preparation before we get back. Well, obviously it's, it's, it's all, it, we as fans say it's a long off season, but you know, for the players as well, depending on It goes by health. quick. It goes by quick. Trust me. When you train for two and a half months and you're, 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 you're grinding it out to make sure you're ready uh, for camp. It goes by very, very quickly. It look like it's uh it's the 22nd today. This uh, camp is uh, just about almost day for day, two months away. So it's, uh, it's, it go by, it goes by real quick. Un, un, understood, understood. Zach, brother, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you to all you Bears fans for listening to this. Hang on. Hold on, Bears fans. I know it's the summer, but we'll be at Giant Center very soon. Zach, thank you so much. Thanks, and guys. thank you so much. And to all you Bears fans, as Red Green once said, keep your stick on the ice. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. 
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa. With over 50 years of sports betting experience, Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.